now it's time to get the latest from the quarterback of the pack, Aaron Rodgers. It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's your host, Jason Wilde. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron. Do I need to say uh, brought to you by Pizza Hut here? You're that's the wrong one. You're number two. What am I doing? You've been demoted. Oh, here we go. There we go. There we go. It is the Aaron Rodgers show. It's not preseason anymore. It's preseason for us. We're we're like college football. We go right into the ones that count. We don't back back at it. How are you? I'm good. I don't have any time for small talk. People have been waiting for this. People are very excited. I have so much to get to that uh I just don't have time for small talk for you today. Is that all right? Yep, that's fine. That's probably how you prefer it. Yeah, I just, just do your job and I'll do mine, okay? Uh, you glad preseason is over with? And are I you am. glad uh, very... you're out of it healthy? I am. That's the main goal when we start. Uh, it was, I think it was, a, it was a good preseason. Maybe the numbers didn't reflect, reflect it maybe as they have in the previous years. But uh, I think we accomplished a lot. We kind of... You know, got a lot done. Guys had some some good preseason. Got rewarded for it, making the team. Excited for those guys. Excited for a guy like Jared Boykin. I thought he had a great camp and really has a good attitude. Understands the game and and wants to learn. Enjoys playing. Excited for a guy like Don Barclay. Had a good camp. You know, a good kid came in and uh, took care of business. Also excited for my little brother's former teammate Sean Richardson, another undrafted free agent. Uh, came in had a real good camp and made the team. Um, and obviously Moses, we had four, you know, undrafted free agents make the team, and it says a lot about our scouting department. But it says a lot about uh, those guys as well. Excited for them, and excited for what they offered our team. What's um, when you look at your stats, they weren't very good, but you made it very clear that statistics and the one loss things don't matter in preseason. What does matter is getting things accomplished. You always said that. Um, so what did you get accomplished? We ran a lot of no huddle, and I think that helps our conditioning. It, it uh, gives some teams things to think about. And what are you doing here? They want more volume from you. I'm talking You're now. a soft I'm talker. On, I'm on the – I got the volume here. Gee, this is this is week one, I guess, huh? Hey, I'm just, I'm just getting frantic messages that they can't hear you and they can hear too much of me, which I think is a bad combination. Well, I'm the one controlling here, so – you are the sound mixer. However, it's Tuesdays with Jason, right? It's not anymore, no. There was a time when it used to be. Yeah. So anyway, what did you accomplish? I don't know. What, what was I saying? We were talking about what you accomplished because oh, the, yeah, the numbers don't matter. The one loss record doesn't no matter. A lot of no huddle snaps. Good for our conditioning. Um, got Jeff kind of accustomed to how we do offense around here. Um, I thought he did a really nice job for us. And, um, you know, we got to uh, to show some different looks that we hadn't shown before. So. It was productive. We were, came out pretty healthy, especially on offense, and excited about moving forward. Tell me about uh, the no huddle a little bit. I, 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 I've I'm, told you enough. Uh, I can't give away any more secrets. Well, let's talk about it from this perspective. How much do you like it? Um, you know, since you control the uh, audio for the show, I'm assuming that your personality, this is good for you to be able to control I, oh, the offense. Wow. That <laughs> I'd say strong to very strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, 
we've seen it used before by other teams, but I think it, you know, I haven't talked to Jeff Saturday about this, but it seems a little bit different the way, say, he did it in in Indianapolis, where it was kind of, it was no huddle, but they spent a lot of time at the line of scrimmage identifying things. You guys, it's more up-tempo than that, isn't it? At times, I think it's got to be, it's got to be at times um, up-tempo, but at times, you know, we need to we need to take our time, make sure we're getting us in the right in the right play for that situation. But um, I think that's the beauty of the way that we're running it is that um, we can do it quick. We can huddle up. We can um, spend a little more extra time at the line of scrimmage. But I think that's one thing we want to get accomplished during training camp was really see where our conditioning was at, uh, especially up front. And you saw it against Cincinnati. We you know ran a lot of plays, 40 plays in the first half, and they got tired. Now, we, we definitely got tired, but you could right. see on film they were – they were gassed, so that's uh, that's what we wanted to accomplish there, and um, we'll see kind of where that goes. You know, the highlight for the preseason for me was Clay, Clay Matthews photo bombing your interview uh, at the end of the game uh, on Thursday Didn't night. Didn't he, he did a very good job. Uh, is there an opening for that job now that Matt Flynn is in Seattle? Does that automatically fall to Graham, or are you taking uh, applications or what? I think we got to kind of do it week by week. It's going to be interesting to see. You know how the guys respond. I think I'm, I'm guessing I might be a captain this week. I'm usually a captain when we're playing a San Francisco or a California team. So there'll be opportunities. Now Charles in the past has kind of taken uh, taken my role in those in those captains photos. Not sure if he's going to be in tune this week. It's week one. It's new for everybody. They're actually taking pictures of the captains this week. So we'll see if the guys catch on quick enough and kind of. Uh, you know, what kind of picture they come up with. Speaking of Graham, you never wavered in your support for him. Uh, how gratifying was it to see him play well, uh, an, a perfect passer rating, uh, and and how confident are you in, in what he can do for this offense if, if something bad were to happen to you? I'm very confident in Graham. Are you not happy with your microphone? I'm not. I don't, I don't like the way it's You're like Britney on my Spears over there trying to fix the headset. Somebody messed with this. It's for a smaller-headed person. <laughs> I haven't worn it. <laughs> yes. Uh, I love Graham. Graham is a great player. Uh, he's got a real good attitude. He's he's the kind of backup you want as a, as a starting quarterback who's real supportive, pushes you, challenges you, competes with you, uh, but in the end, very supportive. Um, we I think everybody was excited for him. He could play like that because he took a lot of heat in the media, guys like yourself. and Yeah, uh, I torched him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was what we've seen at times. You know, when I didn't practice for the Vet Select, he had a real nice day. It's different when you're playing with, uh, you know, with with some guys who can get down the field and make some plays. And he had all his weapons uh, in that preseason game. Jermichael played some snaps with him. Torrey Gurley, um, DeAndre Burrell. DeAndre was healthy. Um, he had Jared in there the whole time who really, you know, solidified his spot on the team with that last game. Uh, having those three guys and Jermichael to throw to um, – Makes a difference, and he got some protection as well. Now, I know one other thing that was going on during Thursday night's game was your younger brother Jordan was playing in uh, a game for Vanderbilt against South Carolina. Now, when I saw you after the game, you had just watched the end of it on a TV somewhere. Um, were you getting updates? Yeah, in the player lounge. I was getting updates on the sideline. How, how do you get updates on a preseason I'm not going to not gonna, not gonna divulge my sources, but I had uh, – and somebody out there helping me out. Um, 
you were obviously disappointed in the way it ended for him. Uh, they they lost the game. Obvious pass interference call that was blown. And you uh you you referred to them as we when you were telling me about what had yeah, happened. Yeah, we. Yeah, be you. Obviously, <laughs> um, I'm I'm jumping on board two feet in. It's my little brother. I love him, and uh, it's been great to have two of his former teammates. Actually, three on the team now. If you count Alex Green at Butte College and right. Sean and Casey. Um, it's fun. I mean, uh, it's fun to have a little brother, uh, you know, playing, playing well, living out his own dream. And um, they got a good team down there. They played South Carolina tough. South Carolina's, you know, obviously a, a top team. They got one of the top top players in the country in Lattimore. And had a chance there on that fourth and seven. It was obvious pass interference call. You, uh, you obviously see that play through the eyes of an older brother, but also as a football player. Um, when we talk about officiating, he's not the only one that may have some concerns about the work of the referees. You saw an obvious pass interference call that wasn't called in Cincinnati. What's your concern level with the uh, with the replacement officials who apparently are going to be working at least week one and maybe even longer? Well, there's definitely concern there. It's just levels of concern. I think this last crew that we had in the last preseason game was excellent, and I told them that. I think the, the head referee... Um, had a great feel for the game. Uh, there was a dialogue between the quarterback and, and the white cap. Uh, he let me know coming out of timeouts how much time I had. Um, there was just some game management things that he really understood. And I think, I think his crew did a good job of policing the game and, and not interrupting the flow of the game, but making sure that the calls, there were obvious calls, were made. I don't think that that's happened in the first three games. It, it just, um, whether or not. Uh, the other Whitecaps had the same kind of confidence um, or not. It just didn't seem like the game management part um, was all there. Now, that being said, uh, we've only seen four of the crews out of the uh, you know, 16 that are going to work. So hopefully you know, we, get a, we get a crew that, uh, that understands their role and is not going to uh, you know, make any, any calls or non-calls that are going to affect uh, the outcome of the game. How much of the, the... Let me say this, though, before you start. I, I think there's been a ton of uh, scrutiny on them, and the one thing that that hasn't really been talked about is whether it's the replacement guys or the regular guys, there's going to be some, some bad calls. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some missed calls. Uh, the, the replacement refs are in a difficult situation because every little thing that goes on is going to be magnified. Uh, they didn't spend segments, from what I can remember, on... Uh, referees with long diatribes about what they just saw under the hood, you know, regular referees, or when they pointed the wrong direction, right. or when they uh, screwed up a call. Um, there, you know, so the scrutiny these guys are taking is is too much. However, they have an important job to do, an important role in the game is to not interfere with the flow of the game, but make sure they're making the correct calls. Um, so, hopefully, they don't make any that. Uh, they make or break a game. How important are those little behind-the-scenes things, though, that you're mentioning? I mean, I feel like as I watched preseason games, two things happened. One, they maybe, I don't want to say swallowed their whistles, swallowed their flags in some instances. And then it, it just seemed like they didn't have a grasp of the game, whether it was communicating with coaches or, or what have you. Is that stuff just as important as maybe the calls and non-calls that they oh, make? for sure, because there has to be a – there has to be a relationship between player and ref and coach and ref. And um, 
it's as a quarterback you have a different relationship than most of the other players on the field because you usually know the white cat by name and and have had multiple games with him uh, as a rep and history of whether this guy is going to give you a rough on the passer call or whether this guy is going to be a uh, spot the ball quickly and 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 the play clock starts very quickly. Um, so you kind of have that history. These are all new guys, so we don't have that history with them. We don't we don't know how they like to police a game, whether they, they call it tighter in the fourth quarter, uh, whether they're going to focus more on a certain part of the game. That, and that's true of different crews? Without a doubt. Kind of like umpires in baseball who have different strike zones, really? Yep, without a doubt. That's part of it. So you know those things, and you have uh, reports about those things. Um, so that's going to be a change. But... You know, I think we're all hopeful that there's going to be a deal reached between the regular guys because you enjoy those relationships, and, and they, for the most part, do a really good job at uh, making sure that the game flows smoothly and, and it's it's more about the, the play on the field than, than their calls. So hopefully that continues. The um, the One of the popular topics this week with your team has been the offensive line. They only kept seven offensive linemen. You've got your starting five. You've got Evan Dietrich Smith, and then you've got Don Barclay, who you mentioned. Right. Um, tell me why Packers fans don't need to worry about your offensive line. Uh, well, I think there's always going to be worries uh, when you have seven guys. Um, we all are looking to see who that eighth or ninth guy is going to be. Um, you have Shrod on the on the PUP, so he's uh, at least six weeks away. Um, there's going to be injuries because both Evan and Donnie are going to play on the on the look team in practice a lot. Um, there's potential for injury there. There's obviously potential for the starting guys playing the game. Um, Jeff is older uh, at center. And, uh, you know, just injuries happen from time to time throughout the season. So you're looking at who's going to be that sixth guy, um, who's going to be that seventh guy, who's going to swing. There's been a lot of news about, you know, TJ being that swing guy now. Where Thanks for reading our stuff. Yeah, if somebody comes in um, – if somebody gets hurt, then you know Evan comes in and TJ is the move guy. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I know that that puts extra pressure on TJ because I don't think he's taken hardly any reps at tackle um, all uh, all preseason. So if Belaga goes down and Evan comes in to play left guard, then TJ is going to right tackle. I'm you know assuming right, and uh, I have a lot of confidence in TJ. They can play all those positions as you know Darren College was our swing guy in the past. Uh, but it still puts pressure on those guys. Do you uh, keep in touch with Cliffy? Have you checked in with him recently to see if, uh, hey, I, I'll put in a good word for you. If you want to come back, I'll, I'll let him know that your uh, your back's feeling good. The big Cliffy, huh? The big Lamborghini. I mean, it's not unprecedented, right? I mean, they brought Tausch back a few years ago after he'd been gone. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I just... Uh... Cliffy's had a tryout with the Patriots. He has some interest from another another team that's really thinking about bringing him in um, as early as today or tomorrow, from what I'm hearing. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I think you have to consider a guy like that. Um, whether or not you act on it, there has to be, he has to be in the consideration uh, because he has a history, he knows the offense, and uh, and he's always been an exceptional pass blocker. So, from what you're hearing, being the Quarterback slash journalist that you are over there. I'm not the busybody like you. Uh, Yeah, that's that's me, busybody. How's how's he feeling? Uh, I think he he feels good. He he feels good and and supposedly he looks good. So I haven't seen him. I saw Taos the other day, though. How's he look? Better. Yeah. He looks good. 
Can't believe he's still doing TV with that uh, <laughs> that hair and facial hair. But hey, more power to him. His golf game, though, I got I got to get this out there because I have this outlet now. Um, his golf game's slipping. He was talking a little trash the other day. We got on the link. He hits it a mile. No, he does not. Yes, he does. That's, no, no. That's an old wives' tale. Uh, no, I was out driving by thirty yards. It's about every hole. What else is he's he up to? He's playing this big old banana. Then some tees at like short par fours. He tries to hit this little bunt driver. Yeah, I got after him pretty good. You? Um, he was sweating a lot too. Is there a guy in the locker room now that? is kind of like him or is he just such a unique character that there hasn't been a guy that's kind of stepped into that role for you in terms of being a friend and a leader and a jokester and all those things guy that you can tease the guy's been getting after Balog a little bit saying he's the new tausher body type and uh attire and whatnot i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna agree with that uh but it, it gets him kind of sensitive so it's something that gets repeated but um you know i spent a lot of time with brett good uh, yeah, him and I have been friends for a while, been camp roommates for the last couple of years, and um, you know he's just a real solid guy and um, easy going as it comes. Uh, enjoys uh, cooking and and playing guitar, so it's it's a pretty easy yes when I get the invite. Hey, I, I made some extra food. You want to come through and bring my guitar and play a little bit uh, in our you know on our days off or whatnot? But um, he was part of the group that got me. Uh, with the pie in the face. Uh, we we need to discuss this. Yeah. Um. I that's one of the many ask Aaron questions. So I was oh, saving it toward the I end. Not wait. The um. Uh, quickly though, a couple things before we get to halftime. One, um, any good stories come out of training camp in the dorms? As you mentioned, your roommate there. Very quiet year. Really. Very quiet year. Uh, there were a few little pranks that that went on, but. For the most part, very quiet year. There's a small group of guys that played cards at night, not a lot of music. Um, the rookies, the schedule was different this year because every day the rookies had to be in there at 6.30. So there wasn't a whole lot of hanging out by them. Once it, once they went down to snack at 10, I mean, they were in their beds asleep. I don't blame them because right. that's, uh, that's I don't like waking up early and to be up every morning hitting the shuttle at 5.45, it's tough. So. It was a, a little bit quieter of a year over there. The uh, NFL sent this out today, and I know how much you enjoy it when I read this kind of stuff. So, uh, oh yeah, this is from them. Pro Bowl quarterback Aaron Rodgers set the NFL single season record with 122.5 pass rating last season. It was named the NFL's most valuable player by AP. He had 13 games with a 100 plus passer rating, the most in single season in NFL history, and his 12 games with a 110 rating also set a season record. Rodgers set franchise records with 4,643 yards passing and 45 touchdown passes, and he's the only player in NFL history to pass for at least 45-plus touchdowns and have six or fewer interceptions. He threw at least two touchdown passes in 13 consecutive games, tied for the longest such streak in NFL history. My question to you is, what the hell do you do for an encore after a season <laughs> like that? How do you match it? How do you upgrade it? How do you do better? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't. I think that... Uh... Those numbers are a um, combination of a lot of things. You know, obviously you got to play well, but you have to have guys making plays. You have to avoid the uh, the occasional, you know, unlucky interception. A guy falling down, tip pass in the air that lingers, and a guy picks off. The one that you, you might throw real bad and the guy just drops. Um, you have to, you know, avoid those. So you have to have some good fortune. You have to play really well. And... Uh, 
You have to have guys making plays. We had a, you know a couple years ago we counted the number of passes that uh, guys either caught and went out of bounds or caught and got tackled inside the five. I think it was in the 2010 season when I had uh, 28 touchdowns, and it was like 12. Um, last year, I would bet the number was probably under five. Uh-huh. Um, you know, guys, uh, you know, James caught that pass, uh, that post against Detroit, and outran the corner, and he pushed him. He just barely got in. Um, Jordy caught that ball in San Diego almost off the turf and rolled. They called it a touchdown, didn't overrule it. Greg may or may not have caught that pass against the Giants. <laughs> Stood as a touchdown. I mean, just stuff like that um, kind of went went our way, went my way. Um, I think for an encore, you you try and duplicate it, but uh, you realize that um, that I don't think that is the the standard. I think that's above the standard. The standard is is playing really well, winning football games, being efficient, not turning the ball over, and if you do those things, it's not always going to be those kind of numbers. But I think um, you know, I'd like to be. In the vicinity. Two things before we get to halftime here. One, uh, Greg, speaking of guys making plays for you, he's kind of on this like media blitz today. He's everywhere. Um, and it's led to a lot of conversation about how he's going into the last year of his deal. Are you yeah. worried that this could be your last year with one of your favorite targets? Well, I think you have to be realistic about it and think that it might be. Um, I've loved my time with Greg. Greg and I are going to be buddies whether he's here or not. Enjoyed uh, you know time with uh, his wife Nicole and their and his beautiful family of girls. I think they're still trying to have a boy, uh, but Greg is one of those uh, unique talents who's uh, both extremely uh, gifted physically, but also mentally really understands the game and understands route leverages and coverages and where the soft spots and zones are and what my timing is. So when he's got to get his head around, um, what you know, just being on the same page with the quarterback consistently is something that. Uh, you know, take somebody who really cares about his craft and wants to put time in. Um, and it's been great having him. We've we've had a lot of great memories um, from, you know, big touchdowns against the Bears in the opener a few years back to uh, the catch he made in the playoffs um, against Arizona. We were coming back on that, uh, that back shoulder fade I threw way too hard uh, to some of the, the pretty deep balls we put together to um, just a lot of a lot of fun memories. Uh, Super Bowl catch, the big throws, the big the big throw and catches in the Super Bowl um, were, were a couple of my biggest throws and best throws in my life. And he was on the other end of, and uh, it's been great throwing to him. But to, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys who uh, may or may not get paid in the next few years. And obviously, with Jordy and his contract situation, I think you have to think about uh, you know whether or not there's there's room for all of us and. If it's not, I you obviously you wish Greg the best. He's a great guy and will be a great friend. Wow, that was not a very optimistic answer from you. I just uh, speak the truth on this program. Uh, and we appreciate that. All right, so the D-list guys uh, filled in the break between their end of their show and the start of ours, so they want me to ask you a question every week. So if you don't like it, ask tell Drew Olson. We're going to give you an option. Today's the first day of school for a lot of kids. Hmm. Uh, what was your favorite first day of school outfit? Or what was your favorite school lunch entree? Or you can answer both. I'm going to answer both. I'm going to say that as far as lunch went, the best thing, because uh, mom always made our lunches, and anyone who's had that knows that there's a few days where it's not as exciting as maybe the hot lunch is. So I always loved the days where you could uh, you got picked to do hot lunch. So whether it was our class, I knew one day that week 
I was going to get to work the hot lunch, and if you work the hot lunch for the previous lunch period, then you get free hot lunch the next one. So that was always the best. And I'm just hoping, please, God, it's Friday so I can get pizza because I love pizza, obviously. Um, yes, thank you, Pizza Hut. Um, and then uh, my favorite outfit, we always uh, we always go school shopping right before the, um, obviously the first day of school. And growing up, I was a real big Florida State fan. So we moved from uh, Ukiah, California, up to Oregon. I was going to Vos Elementary School and riding the bus. Actually, I rode the bus the next year. So I was, I'd walk to the Vos Elementary School. It was just around the corner. And the first day of school, I had this sweet Florida State shirt and Florida State hat because I was a huge Seminole fan. And uh, I remember walking out that door. I think it was going to fifth grade. Thinking, man, I look good. <laughs> Uh, I know you've got a haircut today, so we can't waste any more time. We need to get to uh, our halftime break, and then we'll do a little inside the helmet. We'll look ahead to the 49ers, and we'll take your Ask Aaron questions. This is the Aaron Rodgers Show. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron. Still the same music from last season. Is that something you uh, want to stick with? I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, by the way, we I, I made the reference at the start of the show. You do have a new a couple of new commercials out today. I do. Yep. Pizza Hut, making it great. Excited about it. Epic. Yeah. Big dinner box. Where do you Where do you uh, now? We know that you enjoy the challenge of acting. I do. Uh, were you happy with your performances? I was pretty happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The uh, Pizza Hut was filmed out in um, L.A. Okay, so that's not recent? That was No, that was from the uh, summertime. Okay. And one of the main creative guys was actually the gentleman who was in a lot of the UPS commercials, if you remember the whiteboard commercials. Okay. He was actually the brains behind that idea with UPS. And because nobody could do it as good as he could do it, he ended up not only being the brains but being in front of camera oh, as well. Oh, he was the guy. Yeah. So he was one of the creative guys on the Pizza Hut uh, I love spots. those commercials. Enjoyed, enjoyed working with them. Obviously have... One with Purveya, uh, loved working with that crew and uh, those people. Uh, Ford um, had a lot of fun uh, at different spots with Ford. And then just this last weekend, the latest and greatest from State Farm. Really? Yes. Now, are there – I don't want you to give too much away. I'm not going to. Are some of the actors reprising their roles, or is it a whole new concept? There's only one of the originals besides me. Besides you? Yes. Is it the cheesehead guy? I'm not telling. But I got to work with some incredible actors and actresses. Are you getting better at this? I think so. Yeah. A couple of things from our, you know, we do this every week, the Inside the Helmet Obviously, there wasn't a regular season game to work off of here, so I thought maybe we'd do a few from the preseason as a oh, whole. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, talk about the incompletion you threw to Jordy in the end zone, and then you followed it up with a touchdown on Hayden. Because I don't know, you know, if you don't know football, you don't know that Joe Hayden's a pretty darn good player. Yes, and is. to do that, basically beat him twice, isn't easy to do. It's not. The first play was actually um, one of our play action down the field beaters. We had just got a turnover, wanted to take a shot on the first play. Um, they played cover two, so I don't. So Joe had some safety help. After I came off of the fake, 
to the back. I looked inside because I was thinking I was going to get uh, my zebra um, down the middle, the slot receiver, and the safety was, was, was stuck inside. So I knew if I held my eyes inside, I could probably get Jordy outside. When it comes to those kind of throws, a lot of times it's more of a spot throw. Like you, you often don't even see exactly where he ends up. You just kind of feel it. I actually felt real good about the throw. I just probably, because the first throw of the game, I was a little amped up. It probably just came out a little too good almost. Um, too hot. Too hot. Uh, in retrospect, you look at that throw, you take anything off it, and it's a walk-in touchdown. Because uh, Jordy had a great stretch release, got up inside and got on top. Yeah, but he said his footwork got messed up. He, he missed he his jump a little bit, I think. Still, the ball should have been on him and should have been a touchdown. So we came to the third down play, and he was not the main guy. We had a two-receiver concept over there with, with DJ Williams and Jordy uh, with some guys coming from the backside on, on a two-receiver concept. And uh, my first look was to DJ in the slot. He kind of got stuck inside on his route. He was running an out-breaking route. A lot of times when that happens, you kind of get off that guy. Uh, so he kind of got stuck inside. I got off him a little bit, looked, peeked outside, thinking I was probably going to come back to my backside receivers. Peeked outside, saw Jordy get off good, and and, and Joe didn't have uh, vision of the ball. Um, so I put it in a spot probably about, you know, a few inches below where I wanted. I wanted a little bit higher uh, because I figured the spot where I threw it as the ball was in the air, I was hoping he wouldn't turn his head around quick enough because it would have hit him probably just above the helmet. He would have had a chance to pick it off, and he's a very good corner. Situation like that is where is where a guy like Jordy just really makes the throw look better. He makes the quarterback look great. Um, he's just such a talented guy. Those balls, um, fairly or not, are almost assumed caught now with Jordy because he's made so many incredible plays, and he makes them look easy. Um, you think about some of the plays he's made. That one where if you pause in midair, his feet are out of bounds. Reminds you of the throw he had. The, the catch he had on the sideline against the Giants where yep. he toe-tapped down the sidelines. Um, reminds you of the catch, like I mentioned earlier, in San Diego where the ball's you know f- a few inches off the ground and he caught and rolled in the end zone. He just made so many big plays like that. The, the catches he made for Matt uh, in the Detroit game, the one on the offsides, he kind of jumped over the guy's back. The one on the post where if you pause it right when it touches his hand, it looks like the defender's got his hand on the ball as well and he snatches it away and runs for a touchdown. I mean, he... Jordy is an incredible receiver, and he and he makes us look good a lot. My favorite thing about uh, the new contract that T.J. Lang got was when uh, <laughs> Josh Sitton decided to pose the question of, "Hey, how does it feel to get paid more than Jordy Nelson?" Uh, yeah, both those guys do. Um, another play that I was curious about. This one not quite as positive. Um, the interception in San Diego where you got hit so hard. Um, those are the kinds of plays in the preseason that scare all the people that want you to play 16 games and have another MVP season. What happened there? There in man coverage, we made a little adjustment uh, for a man beater. Um, it's a three-step drop in the gun because it's like five-step timing. So I kind of was looking, Weddle, I believe, was the high safety, and looking him off to the right, knowing that I had, I had Randall one-on-one in the slot and, and had a pretty good feel that he was going to win that matchup. And he did, and he was wide open for probably a touchdown if I made the any type of good throw. Um, so I came off of my fake or my eye control to the right and took a you know just a tight hitch, got hit right through it, and the ball obviously lost all its momentum and speed and 
anything, and then uh, I made the mistake of covering <laughs> down a little again. too close, uh, which got me rocked in the back. Uh, so, what do you suppose? That brings up a good question. What are you supposed to do after you throw an interception? I'm covering down. I'm, I'm not covering down, but I'm I'm in the play. I'm making sure he's okay. not running for a touchdown. My, my biggest thing has always been. Don't give up a pick six. I mean, that's just an immediate. Like the Erlacher play in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, you... or the or the throw in 08 against the Saints down the sideline when I chased them down and um, actually had one of the better hits of my career. Right. Knocked them out at about the four. But you got to be smart, right? I mean, they don't want you pretending that you're uh, Desmond Bishop out there. I think there's an understanding between them and I that uh, I don't have a whole lot of tackling ability in my my skill set so i'm going to run over there and just try and uh either push them out of bounds you know turn them around or dive at some knees or ankles but um but the last thing i want is a, is a pick six so i actually ran over to kind of set the edge on the right to turn them back inside and quentin jammer who's probably the biggest arms for a db in, in nfl history he kind of was patty kicking with me out there, meaning he's not really blocking me hard. Um, but he grabbed me. So my first reaction when when he grabbed me, because he's so strong, he probably wasn't even trying that hard, was to kind of pull his head down a little bit. When I did that, then I realized he wasn't trying, so I let go. And as I let go, it was like a bump from one guy, and then somebody else ran into the back of me. And it felt like somebody like speared me in the back. So my first thought was, who's taking a cheap shot on me in the preseason? Right. But it was actually just a guy actually run, accidentally running into me. So is that what Raji was mad about then? Because it looked like he was jawing with Jammer. And he, he was yawning. Kind of came out. He didn't see what had happened. He he didn't. Yeah, he didn't see what had happened. And I talked to Jammer actually as we ran up the tunnel at, at, at halftime and said, and was laughing with him a little bit. Uh, last thing for our inside the helmet. Can you just talk generally about your runs that you had in Cincinnati and why? You know, explain in general kind of why defenses are vulnerable to that and what kind of defenses are vulnerable to that so so folks can understand why you do that. Well, I think defenses that don't have vision to the football are often vulnerable because they're never going to know uh, when I'm out in space. That being said, guys who have vision to the football are often vulnerable to pump fakes or uh, a subtle move. Um, I think quarterback running, um, unless you're Cam Newton or – RG3, uh, is best when it's reactionary. And also it's best when it's a pass-first mentality outside the pocket. Because once that quarterback, and there's a lot of guys that do it, once that quarterback is in the pocket and tucks the ball away, it's like a feeding frenzy on him. And my biggest thing is I don't want to take a bunch of big shots. So when I get outside the pocket, I'm still in throwing mode, whether I'm behind last scrimmage, at last scrimmage, or a little bit past last scrimmage. Because the defense guy, doesn't, he's not looking over the sticks before he rocks me. Right. Um so I want to make sure it looks like I'm, I have the ability at least to throw the football because that's going to get, keep them away from me a little bit more. Uh, so I, I like to – it's got to be reactionary and it's got to be a pass for us outside the pocket. That being said, when you get into uh, situations where it's man coverage or guys don't have vision to the football, uh, if you if you are clean, then you do have a good opportunity to run for some yards. Um, so in, the, in Cincinnati, a, a few of them were – actually play action keep fakes that i had just wide open spaces and made a pump fake and make sure i you know got down i got a first down uh the run early in the game was was a man coverage where i kind of broke contain and was able to get the, the middle of the field for uh, a first down that the first touchdown run was fun for me because uh i yeah i spent a lot of time working on my athletic ability this offseason on my speed on my stamina my quickness 
and I felt like I kind of separated a bit from uh, from the corner there. I can't believe that he didn't catch you. I couldn't either. That's why I was <laughs> laughing in the end zone. I, I mean, uh, and he probably, I don't know if he expected somebody else to be there or if he didn't think I was going to run that hard or if he didn't think I was that fast. But uh, I, I kind of felt like on that play I, I showed a little bit of athleticism. So those those are fun for me, and that's, that's why this spike came out. And the other one was just, uh, you know, making a play outside the pocket where guys don't want really to have vision of the football again and then just beating a guy in the corner. You being smarter with the sliding? Got to, yeah. Let's look ahead to the 49ers. Uh, you were asked during your Sunday conversation with Bob Holtzman on SportsCenter about Alex Smith. That's a obviously a well-worn storyline, but uh, why do you root for him? Well, two reasons. One, uh, he's a 2005 draft pick, and there's a connection that exists between for me at least, that exists between guys that I either got to know in the green room or uh, was drafted with. I just, it's, it's Cedric Benson, another one. Yeah, it's fun to track the progress of guys who you were either drafted in the same round as or, or late late round picks that are still playing. Because if you look around the league, I mean, our team, we have nobody from the 05 draft left. We have said it was picked in the 05 draft, but um, they're just it's a young man's game. And there's not a lot of guys who are getting past five six seven years says a 28 year old guy yes exactly um old guy here but uh so that's first and second he's a good guy i mean he he really is he's a he's a really nice guy he's got a lot of talent i've I've enjoyed uh, the times we've got to spend either talking on the phone or seeing him at a game or see him at the tahoe tournament this year um i just have a lot of respect for him as a person i think he, he uh he's a man of integrity he's gone through a lot he's um, he's kept his mouth shut. He's, you know, we we were young kids when we were drafted. We we're both, you know, twenty twenty one years old, and uh, you know, we've grown up a lot since then. So it's been fun to to kind of uh, follow his career and, and be excited for his success. And um, he's just somebody who you root for the good guys, and he's one of them. Speaking of the Sunday conversation, are the Piggly Wiggly folks happy about your uh, plug? Are you still going to be able to shop there and buy your cornflakes, or I, is it well, going to be crowded I, I, now? I don't know what he put on there, and sometimes I say silly things on there just to, because I think they're never going to see him. To me, to me, I love going to the pig. I mean, the people at the pig are great. I'm not getting paid anything to say that, but uh, just the name in itself. When I moved out to Wisconsin, I'm like, wait, Piggly Wiggly—that's the name of this the store. Um, but uh, but no, I do enjoy going in there and, and seeing some of the reactions. I think the funniest reactions are from the uh, just the average shopper who. Like double takes, but like, nah, it's not him. Right? That's, wait a second. Ah, no, it's not. Or if you see somebody, and you know they kind of got to look at you, but they weren't quite sure if it was you or not, then they kind of double back and go down another aisle <laughs> just to get a good look at you. And, and you just, with those people, because I, I get it, you just smile at them and wave because, you know, you know, because then it makes it a little even more awkward. Like, right. I caught I know. you. I caught you. <laughs> so you have to have a little fun with that. Um, one thing that isn't fun is the 49ers defense. Yeah. I believe they've got every one of their guys back. Mm-hmm. How big of a challenge do those guys pose? Huge challenge. It's 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 a huge challenge. This is uh, probably the premier defense in the league. I mean, if you look at them position by position uh, and then as a group, um, in my opinion, there's there's got to be an argument for – most dominant defensive players in the league, including Justin Smith, because Justin is he does things uh, that go far beyond the stats. I mean, he really 
makes plays for that defense and opens things up for guys on that defense uh, and and doesn't get credit in the stat book. Uh, he's a guy who I enjoy getting to know at the Pro Bowl a little bit more. Uh, just a real, real nice guy and uh, just fun to be around. Uh, he's got to be great for that defense, uh, but he makes a lot of plays. And then you, you have guys like Brooks and, and Smith on the outside, uh, Sopawaga, I believe. Nice. Uh, on the inside, uh, Ray McDonald. I mean, they, they have their front seven is as good as anybody, and they haven't even got to Bowman and and uh, and Patrick yet. Right. But, uh, but their linebacking tandem, in my opinion, is right up there with, uh, with Erlacher and Briggs. Um, for a 3-4 defense, it's hard to find any 3-4 that, that can match those two guys. Bowman still doesn't get the credit he deserves. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl caliber player, but I think it's probably hard for guys to put both San Francisco linebackers in the Pro Bowl. Um, but he's an incredible talent. On the back end, uh, they're, they're, Carlos is coming off of Carlos Rogers, probably his best season as a pro, another 0-5 guy. Um, He's he's a talented player. Terrell Brown has had, you know, had a great season last year. Deshaun Goldson played against him in college. Uh, Washington, he seems to get better every year. And and, and Whitner, um, who I believe was an 06 first round, we played against him back um, when he was a Buffalo. Uh, this is a, a good defense for him. I think he he loves the scheme. He plays it really well. He's a big hitter. Uh, he makes plays on the ball and in the run game. Uh, this is a, a great defense. And... Um, Hopefully, you know we're in a position late in the season to um, to be making a playoff run. But I think you can definitely say this is the team that's going to be um, that's going to be there and, and be uh, making some hay. Last thing on the 49ers, how much harder are they to deal with than when you take that talent on defense and then combine it with the fact that it's the opener and there's going to be some unscouted looks? Or is that overblown? I mean, you'll have no. unscouted looks too. I understand. Yeah, that, for but. sure. But uh, but no, it's going to be tough because everybody does self scout and looks at the things that worked last year and, and things they want to improve on. And you show some of that in the preseason because you want to see how your guys respond in a live game experience. But um, but there's going to be some of that for sure. I think the key is that you just you have to make quick reactions um, with these guys. And um, I've seen a lot of different looks, but there's always stuff that that may. Look, look one way and, and turn out to be something else. Um, when you have a defense like that, the thing that I'm going in thinking is I want to limit the big hits. You know, these guys really get after the passer and uh, are, you know, they got a lot of guys that can, that can get in the backfield. So, um, you know, I think if we do a good job protecting and taking care of the football because these guys force a lot of turnovers, um, I think they were number one in the league last year in, in turnover marks. Tied, tied with you guys on, on takeaways, too. Yep. Uh, and then Alex didn't turn the ball over uh, hardly at all last year. So uh, they do a great job of uh, getting the ball away and and, uh, and uh, not turn it over. So I think the team that wins the, the turnover battle is probably going to win. On Let's get to ask Aaron because you're going to be late for your haircut now because of me. Um, this first one comes from Brett. You signed my mom's prosthetic leg this summer in Lake Tahoe. If that wasn't it, what's the craziest thing you've ever signed? <laughs> I've been asked to sign a baby before, and I'm not telling an actual my, inner, baby. my inner Ricky Bobby, but I've been asked to <laughs> sign a baby before. I had to decline. I just, I don't know, something about that, you know, said, said NASCAR. And I'm, I'm, I've been in NASCAR event and, and have a lot of appreciation for those fans uh, in, that, in that sport, but uh, I just couldn't, couldn't bring myself to sign a baby. Uh, Tyson wants to know, who's the biggest neat freak on the team and who's the messiest guy on the team? Oh man, 
I wish Tausch was here. He's an easy answer for that for that messy guy. But um, are you a neat freak? No. Okay. But I'm not the messy. I'm kind of in the middle. I think, uh, you know, our punter Ginge, he uh, he likes to change up his locker arrangements a lot. Like I, I like to go in his locker and kind of look at his his self tips of the day and, and tease him about them, just get some new information. But he's always got his locker pretty well. Um, organized, and so he's probably one of the neater freaks. John Kuhn is real messy. He's just a dirty slob. We'll, we'll get to him in a second. Matt wants to know, uh, last offseason you focused on diet. As a matter of fact, you just mentioned what you focused on. What did you focus on this offseason? Can you kind of give us a little better idea how you've improved your athleticism and your speed? But diet was still very important to me, but uh, I really wanted to focus on, um, you know, my, my foot speed and my endurance and my uh, my strength. Um, so, you know, one of the the things that really helps with your speed and your flexibility is, is flexibility, and it helps with a lot of different things. Um, whether you're a football player or, or not, uh, just being flexible can add active years to your life, and, and that's one thing I really started to think about this off season was I want to be I want to be a little more flexible. I want to be able to. Uh, to move around a little bit better out there, and I thought flexibility would be a good way to do that. So I focused on that a lot. Like yoga? Well, not exactly, but just being really uh, intentional about stretching okay. and doing uh, you know, 20 to 30 minutes after a workout of just stretching, whether I was stretching out my, uh, my hip flexor, which has always been tight, uh, my hamstrings, which have always been tight, um, my calves. Uh, those were obviously the lower body was very important. I'm st- I still did a lot of postural stuff with my workouts, making sure that I was doing, um, you know, more uh, pulls for my for my back than pushes for my chest because a lot of, um, you know, whether it's athletes or not, are internally rotated with their shoulders, which decreases your flexibility in your shoulder if you're a thrower, or um, you know, when you're sitting at a desk most of the days, you're going to have your shoulders internally rotated. So to combat that, doing more exercise is going to open up my chest and pull my shoulders back increases the flexibility on your shoulder and takes stress off of it so those are some of the things i thought about no wonder Prevea hired you for this kind of stuff this is that this, this is news i can use I love you Prevea, though um dominic and john both had uh the following fantasy football questions for you do you play I don't give any inside information do you play nope and if you if you were to name your own fantasy football league team, because that's when people get real creative, do you have a, a go-to one? I don't. I don't play. I mean, I, I played uh, baseball and basketball a few years back. Um, I just couldn't keep up with the baseball because you got to change it every single day. Yeah, but, um, that's a lot of work. But, no, there were some guys last year that played, but I wasn't one of them. Uh, Timmy wants to know, if they filmed a Zoolander 2, there we go. what would your character name be? Who would, I mean... Assuming that I'm what what role am I? I don't know you. I this is am yeah. I the new male model that's kind of taken over the scene? Well, I know I, how uh, much you've enjoyed your photo shoots recently, so you, <laughs> you know, that's a perfect role for you. Oh gosh, I, I don't know. I'd like to be, uh, you know, the Jacob Mugatu kind of character that comes out of obscurity and has some weird fashion sense and a little dog and doesn't like their <laughs> mochas with a little bubbly on the top, but. Um, yeah. Two more. Liz wants to know how's your new. This is a, Liz obviously listens to the show. How is your new? Gonna say it's not going good. New Year's resolution of reading a book a month. Ago. I'm behind. I'm definitely <laughs> behind. I'm working. How far behind? I'm a few months behind. Okay. I've been reading some good books, but um. Any favorites? Behind. Nope. Okay. Uh, you have read some books though. A couple. Okay. <laughs> and finally, from Marcus, 
Have you gotten back at John Kuhn for the shaving cream pie yet? And if not, what's your plan? Yes. I've kind of gotten back at him. Really? I have. Already? Vengeance is swift. You got, got it? You I got can't. in his head. I got oh, in his head boy. real bad. What? Wait. Tell us. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll give you a little nugget here. Thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, our last preseason game, we're at home, and I concocted this plot to really get in John's head because he's really sensitive, and he knew I was probably trying to get him. So, John, this one's for you, just so you know. The little prank that we pulled on you last week, it actually wasn't a prank. We told him that Brett Brett helped me out on this one. He, we told, and then some so wait, people, so Brett's helping him get you, and now Brett's helping you get him back? Yeah, it'll pay back. Okay. But, uh we had John convinced that I had gotten into his, into his room early because Brett had gotten the keys and I had taken the keys and gotten into John's room and messed his room up or done something to it. Uh, so we knew that I had gotten his key. Well, then I, I concocted this plan to have this little information slip out that I had not done anything to his room, but I would put a substance on his bed that makes him itch all over. So John was convinced that I had gotten into his room and put... Uh, put uh, the substance on his bed that wasn't detectable that would make him itch uh, and have hives all over and that was kind of leaked to him by one of our one of our security guys uh, kind of in a way that John would think he was getting helped out by this guy so anyway we played a good joke on John because at the end of the night because we played some cards the night before and uh, he said, I'm not going to my room. I'm not going to my room. I know you did something to it. And I was playing it down the whole night. But uh, he ended up trying to, I don't know where he ended up sleeping that night, but he said, I'm not, he, you're not going to my room. I'm not sleeping on my bed. And he was pretty freaked out. So we got John back good. That's only the beginning, though. There's more to come. So you got him back without actually doing anything to him. Yeah, it's kind of like that uh, scene from Freeney Sarah Marshall. Don't do anything do less so i did less i didn't do anything to him but i mentally just mind got him back you know what i mean you uh you looked mad when he got you were you did we misread you there i was i was surprised <laughs> you were mad i was i was upset i thought it was ginge so i was mad that that i let him get me back i was more mad at myself but it turns out he was only one of the culprits they drew straws and john Actually, they drew pieces of pieces of paper, and John drew the the X, and the other and the X had to had to get me. So Brett, I couldn't believe Brett was in on it. I thought he was him and Ginger just gonna kind of maybe throw towels at me or something. But John took about a whole can of shaving cream and got me. There will be payback though. We will. It'll uh, be good. It'll be swift. And it'll actually be something that happens to him. Well, hopefully we'll have and that. Ginge and Ginger and Brett. The, the the list is long. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll see if any of those guys get their revenge uh, exacted upon them next week. How are we going to do the show next week with the short week? Quick turnaround. Uh, it's going to have to be at a, at a later date. Different different later time. Hour, different later, different time. Same ch- same bat ch- channel. Different bat time. I would say bad. Same no chance. bat. You know you're too young to yeah. get a Batman reference from no, the old TV no show. Yeah. Uh, so we will do it again next week. TBA on kickoff as the we'll look back on the 49ers game and we'll look ahead to the Bears. Uh, You're going to be late for your haircut. I'm sorry, buddy. Yep, thanks. Uh, This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.